Hey, what's going on? It's John, and it's time for the JMR Cast for Monday, January 24th, 2022. What's going on? How are ya? How are ya, friends and family? Welcome to the JMR Cast, yet another episode. Super appreciate you for listening in all the time. You guys are great. You guys are my heroes <laughs> for listening to my podcast and paying attention to what I have to say to my stupid opinions. Thank you so much. And as an additional favor, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and please take a moment to give a rating to my podcast, either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Either one, you don't have to like leave anything written, just give it a five-star rating and, and get it over with. Uh, you can do it either for this uh, podcast, the Jmart cast, or as you know, I have a second podcast, a health education one called State of Health. Please uh, review that one too. I'd really appreciate it. It'll help get more eyeballs on the uh, podcast. And that's what I want. I want people to you know hear these podcasts. So if we can give me a hand by giving some reviews, it'll help uh, me achieve that goal. So start off with saying that. And uh, again, another thank you again for all the listeners. Uh, special thank you to one of my buddies who actually uh, sent me a message uh, earlier this week. Uh, last week on Monday, I believe, I got a message from him. Just uh, a nice one saying that I did a good job on the podcast. Um, he said, uh, yeah, he just said, I enjoyed the podcast this week. Good job, which was very nice. Uh, yeah, and, I, and then my response was just to... Uh, say a big thank you for the encouragement. I'll just say thank you again for, uh, if you're listening, buddy, thanks so much for sending that message. It means a lot. I appreciate anyone uh, getting in touch and encouraging me, letting me know that I'm doing a good job. So it's very nice. He 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 sent me another message saying, yeah, enjoy the out- outlook and the views. He says, I don't know much about Satoshi's though. Totally um, understand that point of view. I heard about Bitcoin in like the early teens of 2000s right um uh, and um you know i kind of thought i understood it but it took me a long time it took me a good part of a decade to truly understand it and uh and think that i want to you know invest in it and get involved in it so yeah if you don't understand it right now that's okay just take your time and you know f- hopefully what i say can help you understand it and can spark an interest enough for you to look into it for yourself Although it can be hard to look into it for yourself right now, given the price action that's been going on. So first, maybe I'll address that real quick uh, in terms of what's going on with the price action. So the currently trading in the 35,000s for one Bitcoin. So that's quite a huge drop from the uh, from the all-time high. Let's see. If we look at a week ago, the price has dropped 18%. So it was about in the low 40s, 43,000. Now a week later, we're in the uh, mid 30s, 35,000. So that's a week ago, down 12, 12, uh, 18%. We look a month ago, down even more, down 30%, nearly 31%. A month ago, it was in the 51,000s. Now we're down to, like I said, 35. Now, that's one month. Now, if we do one year ago, now this is where things get a little bit better, if we do one year ago, now we're up nearly 10%. So a year ago, we're in the low uh, 30,000s. 30, we're at, we were at 32,000, and now we're trading at 35,000. So 10% increase from a year ago. And then if we go look at five years ago, of course, the price five years ago was nothing. It was under $1,000. So we're at you know 3,700% increase in price 
<laughs> All right. So when in doubt, you got to zoom out. It's only been a year since uh, Bitcoin broke its all-time high, previous all-time high, and it's just been trading up and down and up and down, and it's very volatile. And this is this is part of having to deal with Bitcoin, right? This is what it does. This is how to, um, you, you just have to, you know, they say HODL Bitcoin, right? H-O-D-L. It's, it, it's like, supposed to, it's a spelling mistake that's supposed to represent hold Bitcoin, but people just uh, have gone with the meme of hodling Bitcoin and then they've actually turned it into an acronym. So HODL, H-O-D-L, stands for hold on for dear life. And it really feels like that, right? Like, holy crap, the price was in March of... 2020 the price when there was that big crash right the stock market crash happened in march of 2020 and actually the bitcoin crash preceded the stock market crash and it went from maybe i should try to look this up it went from as high as 10,000 over 10,000 it drew down all the way like below $5,000 per bitcoin right so can you imagine like more than 50% drop at that point right from above 10,000 to below 5,000. That's insane. But then in quick order from March of 2020 to the end of the year, right? To the end of December, now we get to like it does what a 10x, almost a 10x, right? From below 5,000 to 32,000 near the end of 2020. And then ever since then, it's been like going up and down, up up to 65,000 it got to. Then from there, it had like a 52% drop down to the 30,000s. It went, I think, as, as low as 29. And then it's gone back up to 69,000. And now we're coming back down to 35. So it's it's unbelievable. But just keep in mind that is only a year ago that it was at, you know, low 30s in terms of price. And it's been trading crazily up and down and up and down. But still, if you compare from a year ago, we're up nearly 10%. And that is, on average, the return of the S&P 500, right? Uh, the, for, the, whatever, for the last 20 years or whatever, how long, how, even longer, I think, the average return of the S&P 500 has been about 10 years on an annual basis. Now, of course, Bitcoin has beat that on an annual basis by a whole wide margin, but like these downturns are very scary. It's like a roller coaster, right? You got to hold on for dear life. You got to hodl. <laughs> and, you know, what, what makes Bitcoin good and worthwhile to hodl, to hold, is, is it's not the price, right? Like you get into it because the number goes up and you want to, you know, get rich. You want to invest in something that has the probability of getting more valuable so that, yeah, you can, you know, make some money. But the real reason, right, why we get get into or at least why I got into Bitcoin, why I believe in it, why I want to support it is because Bitcoin is a trustless system, right? It removes all third-party intermediaries. It's free of the central bank intervention. It's this freedom money. That's why that's why I want to I want to use it. That's why I want it to become a popular um, and widely adopted form of money. You know, it was created to put the power in the hands of the individuals over governments and corporations. And again, that's another big reason why I want to invest in it, no matter what the price. The price can go down even for even lower. It can it can go down below 30K. Maybe it'll go down to like the previous all-time high, which was near 20,000. Like, 
I would still be buying the dip and I would still be investing in it because of these things. It's trustless. It puts power in my hands as an individual. It's um, like this digital asset with the power of sovereignty that can't be taken away, right? It can't be taken away from me if I custody it correctly. And it has a finite supply. The most, one of the most important things about it, right? It's there's 21 million Bitcoin ever. And here's, here's the thing to think about too, is there's 21 million Bitcoin, right? And how much money is there in the world? Like if you, if you added up all of the, all the money that's out there in the world, how much is there? Uh, I had this somewhere. Let me, let me see if I can find it. Here it is. Let's take a look. So there are currently 700 trillion trillion is a million million by the way 700 trillion of global investment assets okay and that's broken down into bonds stocks real estate art collectibles gold and uh, the cash that's out there so we have in bonds we have 137 trillion bonds that how much value we have in bonds 137 trillion then we have stocks 117 trillion real estate is 290 trillion then art and collectibles, $22 trillion. Gold is at a $10 trillion market cap. And then if you add up all the cash, the M2 money supply, that's at $130 trillion. Altogether, if you add it up, comes to just over $700 trillion. These are estimates. Of course, it's hard to actually get all the, the actual amount of uh, total amounts like this. Uh, but, you know, this is the best numbers we've got. And it, it'll, it's good enough for the purposes that we're going to use it for. So if we take $700 trillion, like global assets... We know that Bitcoin is about like uh, less than 1% of that, right? Bitcoin, uh, like, okay, so this person, I, I'm going to read off something where this person was doing a calculation of the price of Bitcoin at 42000 We're at 35000 so it's, it's not a great comparison, but just so you get, a, get an understanding, at $42,000 per, per Bitcoin, the market cap, the total market cap of Bitcoin would be 900 billion. So just under 1 trillion. So it's even a little bit less than now. Now, if you compare that less than 1 trillion compared to the total $700 trillion worth of assets in the world, Bitcoin only makes up like a tenth of a percent or 0.1% of global assets. It's tiny. Now, what if of those 700 trillion as Bitcoin becomes more popular and gets adopted as a technology, as a form of money by people, more and more people start investing their money into Bitcoin. If we were to look at a 1% redistribution from the global assets that I just mentioned, from bonds, stocks, real estate, art, gold, cash, if 1% of all of that flows into Bitcoin, then what'll happen is it'll turn the total market cap of Bitcoin from one tri- from under one trillion to seven trillion. Okay, so that would mean that one price of each Bitcoin would be in the three hundred thirty-seven thousand price range, which is crazy, right? If just one percent of total global investment assets reallocate money from what they're in now to 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 Bitcoin. And why would that happen? Because bonds are losing money right now, right? We just had in the US a 7% CPI inflation, but the the bond yield is like less than 2%, right? It's like one point something. So that's a 5% loss every year 
you're, you're taking on by investing in bonds. So of course, people are not going to want to lose 5% every year for the foreseeable future, right? So they're going to reallocate that money away from bonds into something that's providing a real yield. And Bitcoin's going to be that thing. Like, So there's definitely a reason why people would reallocate away from currently like current assets to into Bitcoin. That's one one example. So if it was 2%, it would double that, of course. And if it was 3%, it's going to be like over a million dollars. So just just take that into consideration. Think about that. And, and or it won't be over a million dollars, but it'll be close to around a million dollars. So it's, it's just mathematics. It's it, it all just comes down to math. And I know there's a lot of like, fear out like people who have been listening to me and have been investing uh like i'm sorry that the price has been going down but just think of it as an amazing opportunity to buy some more that's how i'm i'm thinking about it and i'm thankful for the cheap sats by the way if you're stacking sats definitely use um what is it called shake pay canadian exchange if you're in canada you want to exchange your fiat dirty money for good sound Bitcoin, then um, use ShakePay. I use my referral link that I provide in every episode to get set up with ShakePay and you get like a little bonus, 10 or 20, maybe 30 bucks. Um, so go ahead and do that. I, I find they're the best uh, place in Canada to do that with because they don't charge a lot of fees for putting money into your account and for purchasing and for withdrawing very little, very few fees. So Stack sats with ShakePay. And like, if you don't believe in the technology, that's fine. You can just wait on the sidelines and, uh, you know, just if you're interested, you could just study it a little bit without investing it and try to get an understanding of what it is a little bit more before you jump right in, right? That's what I'm trying to do is provide some information. And you should also like look at the system that you're in currently, right? With fiat money, what does that system look like? And why is it, why is that the one that everyone trusts? Here's something that I'd like to share with you that maybe might help um, take away some of that trust in the current monetary system that we're in. So there's this um, person named Kristalina Georgieva, and she is the acting IMF chief. Uh, IMF is the International Monetary Fund, I believe. And the IMF is here let's look at their wikipedia is an international financial institution headquartered in washington dc consisting of 190 countries its mission is quote-unquote working to foster global monetary cooperation secure financial stability facilitate international trade promote high employment and sustainable economic growth and reduce poverty poverty around the world seems like they're out to do some nice stuff right but that's just what they say, obviously. That's not what they actually do. So this Kristalina Georgieva, the acting chief of IMF, she was accused of altering World Bank data in favor of China, putting into question the organization's integrity and autonomy. There's a whole article on Bloomberg about this. But basically, the people who are the chiefs of this, you know, international institution are committing crimes and what's interesting is that the the imf it's like this supranational entity where it's above national governments like it has greater power than than state entities right because it doesn't belong to any particular state like it's 
you know, composed of 190 countries, so they say. But I'm going to read what this person who's commenting on this has to say. He, uh, this person's name is Sam Callahan. You can uh, look him up on Twitter at Sam, S-A-M-C-A-L-L-A-H. Uh, I guess they don't. They just didn't write the extra A-N at the end of Callahan for their handle. But this person says, This shouldn't surprise anyone because committing crimes seems to be a part of the IMF chief job description. It's hard to believe, but the last three IMF chiefs before Kristalina Georgieva have all been charged with committing crimes in the last decade. Let's start with the first one, the oldest one. This guy's name is Rodrigo Roto. He was the IMF chief from 2004 to 2007. He was charged with embezzlement and sentenced to four years in Spanish court. There's an article that says, with the title, the Supreme Court said that Rato consciously maintained a system of secret bonuses for executives that had been established in 1988. Now, of course, Rodrigo was too well-connected to actually spend any time behind bars for his crimes, and he was acquitted in 2020. Yeah, the IMF chiefs, just they just don't go to prison, right? Then you have the next person, Dominique Strauss-Kahn. He was the chief from 2007 to 2011. He was charged and indicted in New York for sexual assault and attempted rape at a rape of a hotel maid. The charges were later dropped in court, and this guy walked free. Later, he settled a civil case brought on by the alleged sexual assault victim for a, some rumor to be as much as $6 million. Uh, then he was later again charged in France with aggravated pimping for his role in a string of sex parties between 2008 and 2011. But of course, he was eventually acquitted of all charges because he's powerful and well-connected and IMF chiefs, they never have to pay for their crimes. And the last one is Christine Lagarde, this frog lady, frog-like lady. She was the IMF chief of between 2011 and 2019. And now she's the head of ECB, the European Central Bank. So she was the chief of IMF and then switched jobs to the, the head of the European Central Bank. But in 2016, she was charged and found guilty of negligence and misuse of public funds by the French courts while she was the acting IMF chief. Despite the guilty verdict, though, she did not receive any punishment. Nothing was handed down, and she was allowed to remain as the IMF chief. Do you guys see the pattern here? Like, <laughs> So this... Uh, Kristalina Georgieva, there's nothing new, right? And these supranational entities, they're just like too well-connected, too in charge of the current monetary system, and they pull the strings and do what they want to, and when they get caught, nothing actually happens. So that's the system we're in right now. And actually, I listened to this other amazing podcast with the same guy, actually, the Sam Callahan. Look him up at SAM. C-A-L-L-A-H is his Twitter handle. But um, he had a podcast with Stefan Lavera. Uh, if you just look up um, Sam Callahan and Stefan, S-T-E-P-H-A-N, Lavera, L-I-V-E-R-A. 
they have an awesome podcast where he talks about the Bank of International Settlements. Bank of International Settlements is this another like global bank, like supranational bank that doesn't belong to any single country. And it's just basically above all of the rules that any single country would have on like how things need to be conducted. It's just above all that. It can't be sued. It can't like nothing can happen to it. And it's some of the history behind how it was like formed and why it was formed is very interesting. And they go over that in this podcast. I'd highly recommend it. But yeah, basically they're just like a central bank of central banks. They help the central banks from different countries make uh, transactions between one another. But because they're above the law kind of, they just do all these like shady things that like we as individuals have no kind of say in how how these things get done and just basically puts into question whether like the state that you live in the country that you live in the the government that is formed to rule that state are they really in control if they can't do anything about some of these financial decisions that have a big impact on the country that are done by entities outside of the country yeah so these are big questions and they need some answering and you know, people don't even know that they don't even have the awareness of this kind of stuff. I had zero awareness of this stuff, right? Only like a year ago or two years ago. And I'm just like slowly starting to learn about this and gain the awareness of what is actually going on around me. And what you quickly realize is what the stuff that's on the news, that stuff is just a distraction to keep you away from actually knowing and understanding what's truly going on. And that's why I don't read the news uh, watch watch news on TV. I just uh, get my, uh, you know, I have a stream of information that I get through podcasts, through whatever social media, but I try to be as diligent in filtering what's coming towards me as possible so that, you know, I don't get too much negative stuff that makes me upset or I don't get stuff that, yeah, has a big impact on my psyche in a in a negative manner. Speaking of positive things, <laughs> one thing that um, has been really going well for me is um, my relationship with my new client, who I've, who's my uh, neighbor, who I've been training. It's been great. She's been a really, really awesome um, client who's really dedicated in terms of reaching her goals. And we just kind of finished our first phase of training about in about a month, and you know, things have been going well. She's already noticing like uh, more energy, like less pain in her shoulder and all these positive things. So I just kind of messaged her to kind of let her know how like thankful I was to be working with her and, and all that. And, and then she just wrote me a really nice message back. So I kind of want to share that because it's, it's a nice win for me. And it just kind of goes to show what like the attitude you've got to have if you're serious about like improving your health and working towards like a specific uh, goal. So she's, she said to me, I'm very grateful to be working with you. She says, I need to continue for a certain amount of time to establish a habit. And that's so important. I'm so glad that she understands that, that like in order to make these changes in her life, it has to be a lifestyle change. It ha- she has to develop a new habit, a new way of thinking where this is her default right? That's what a habit is, right? It's, it's a default that you fall into. So you need good habits, good defaults that you will automatically fall into when you're not conscious, when you're not thinking about it. So she's very aware of this, which is amazing. And just to see this written out is really good. So she goes on to say, that will help me set up for greater success when I lower my days with you to one to two times per month. So there you go. Like, um, 
you know, she's looking into the future and, and planning ahead. She knows she can't stay to train with me forever and I wouldn't want her to anyway. But she also knows that once she breaks and lets go, it's going to be a lot harder right, to do this on her own. That's why she needs to develop this habit, this default, this way, this lifestyle change ahead of time to make it easier on herself. She goes to say, I think it is an investment well worth the money and I truly appreciate the discounted rate you've given me. Oh yeah, <laughs> I give her a discounted rate because she pays me in Bitcoin. But besides that, she um, understands the value of investing in yourself, in your health ahead of time, right? It's something you pay ahead of time and you get more value out of it down the road, down the line, right? When you invest in your health and you stay healthy, then later on in life when other people are getting chronic diseases and things that are requiring medications or whatever, medical devices, things that are going to be expensive, uh, you no longer necessarily need those if you've invested in your health ahead of time, right? It's an early upfront cost investment that pays dividends down the, down the road when you're you're a healthy person later into your life and you maintain a long health span. And she finishes off with, I would love to continue to train together in the future. Your energy alone pushes me to achieve more than I would solo. And this is another great recognition in the fact that like when you're training and you have someone there pushing you, you will accomplish way more than you would on your own. This is one of my biggest troubles is that I don't have a training partner that I can train with all the time regularly. So it takes a lot more motivation and intensity on my part to get myself up and to do the things that I'm doing in terms of my training. And whereas it would be a lot easier if I just had a training partner that'd be like, yo, it's whatever, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, let's go. We're, we're training, right? It doesn't, it's not as easy when you have to be the one telling yourself, let's go, <laughs> as opposed to somebody else helping. So she she's very aware of her situation, where she wants to go, and what are the things that she needs to do in order to get herself from where she is to where she wants to go. And it's just amazing to see. So yeah, I just wanted to share that nice little message I got from my client. What else happened this week? Oh yeah, I had to re-index, um, I guess you could say, my uh, Bitcoin node. So the Bitcoin node has a full copy of the Bitcoin blockchain, right? And every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin blockchain gets updated and there's new transactions added to the chain. And what happened, I'm not exactly sure how or why it happened, but my blockchain on my node got corrupted such that it was no longer synchronized with the uh, blockchain that all the other nodes on the network have not it wasn't like um in synchrony with the the copies that the other nodes have and it wasn't able to update and um add new blocks and i was like a little bit worried i was like what the hell do i do how do i fix this but luckily like there's this online amazing online community called plebnet it's a hilarious name they all call themselves plebs right um pleb is like a it's a commoner, right? Uh, it's one of the common people, a low-born person, you could say, a common person, someone of lower class. So like the people um, uh, in the Bitcoin community who are just regular people but are deciding to, you know, kind of switch systems and be Bitcoiners, they call themselves plebs because they're just common people who are, who are just basically, I guess, looking for equality in the, in the financial system, right? Not like this 
bank of international center settlements or monetary or international monetary fund people who are like they call themselves the elites and they get to basically make decisions that impact everybody else's life in a negative way except make themselves richer like they're basically opting out of that system into the bitcoin system and they call themselves plebs and this pleb net of people they um basically have this whole support system where like if you're running a bitcoin node and if something goes wrong with it they like there's a bunch of like technically savvy people who can fix things and so i i just had to jump on telegram go to the plebnet group and start asking some questions and then there's a bunch of people who like put me aside kind of in a in a separate room and had a help me go through like all the troubleshooting all the steps that i need to needed to do to get it refixed and like i was really worried i was like oh my god i can't believe i I messed this up it's broken i'm gonna lose money blah 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 but none of that happened these people were awesome they helped me out they helped fix everything up i got a my my blockchain fully uh re-downloaded resyncing working just fine all my money's on my on my intact not lost or anything like that and and these people just did it out of the goodness of their hearts out of just like wanting to like support the network and make sure that people who are uh, participating in it they they're well taken care of like it's just an amazing community to be a part of and like just goes to show like the values and the incentives of these people their their incentives are to support each other and to make the network stronger because a stronger network benefits everybody not just like the person you're helping it's hel- it, it benefits them as well so uh, yeah that's that's the like it's very inspiring that's the part of bitcoin that makes me very hopeful and makes me like have more conviction that this is the system that i want to pursue like even with the price dropping like 50% right now, right? Like we are at nearly 70 K we're at down to 35. So that's a 50% drop. I am so convinced. And so con- like, I have so much conviction in this technology, in its adoption, in the values and incentives that it promotes that all this volatility, all this going up and down in price doesn't bother me one bit. When it goes down, I'm super happy because I can afford more cheap sats when it goes up then great i then my investments have gone up so so yeah if anyone's listening to this and you've you know listened to my advice and invested in bitcoin and are feeling a little bit sour right now because the uh price hasn't been doing what you want it to do just keep in mind again those things i said at the beginning i'm in bitcoin because it is this trustless system that takes the power away from these governments and corporations and puts it in my hand as an individual and gives me sovereignty with money that can't be inflated. And it just basically makes me liberated from this fiat Ponzi scheme that we're a part of right now. That that's the main key message. In addition to that, it is a bit of a number go up technology, right? The value of it as more people adopt it will continue to increase. Like I said, with that, uh, explanation of the 700 trillion dollars worth of assets out there and if only like three percent of that goes into bitcoin we're looking at a million dollar bitcoin so just keep that in mind it is a long-term thing right it's not going to get you rich tomorrow it's a it's not a get rich quick scheme that's not bitcoin it might be a get rich slow scheme right you have to have a long-term view far outlook on on the world 
if that's if that's the way you're thinking, then this is a perfect asset and investment for you. If you're in it for the short term, it's not going to work out. A little bit of a different style episode today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. Please get in touch with me if you have any questions. Get in touch through social media at jmarkfit on Instagram, Twitter, on Telegram. You can uh, reach out on Facebook too. On there, I'm Jmart Moves. Email me uh, through newsletter at jmartfit.com. And that's all I have for you, ladies and gents. Stay active. Be grateful. Jmart out. <laughs>